Hey everybody, welcome to episode 72 of the Is That Normal podcast, and today we're going to talk about brothers and sisters. Yes, and you know, we both have siblings, you know, <laughs> so I've got, I've got one sibling, a younger sister, she's about seven years mm-hmm. younger than me, so how, how about yourself? I, I have a multitude of halves and step brothers and sisters, but I have one younger brother who we were the, the two siblings that we grew up, you know, our whole childhood, we were together, and, and so um, he's five years younger than I am. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about, like, particularly your brother that yeah. you grew up around, uh, your, your interactions, your your relationship growing up, what was that like? Yeah, it was it was a struggle. There was a constant battle going on. <laughs> um, you know, we, we, boy, we fought. Um significantly and and i'm sure you'll 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 be able to relate in your household to this experience and just one of the major things was the the age difference um you know just that under understanding of how to balance um you know kind of being older and what i felt like i should be able to do and what he thought he should be able to do just because you know not realizing he was five years younger and then um and then for us we kind of had a unique situation in just that there was a, a period of our, our life where where I almost had to take on some more parental type roles, being that much older, um, mm-hmm. and, and that really caused some issues down the road as we yeah. got a little bit older and as he got into his teenage years. Um, you know, that was a little bit of a struggle for us because I had a hard time then kind of stepping out of that role and back into just being a brother role. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it, it was a little bit difficult, but now... Uh, probably as as we're now both adults, uh, we we've grown much much closer and been able to move past a lot of those things. But it was it was definitely a struggle. There were a lot of uh, like thrown Hot Wheels and <laughs> bloody lips and you know you name yeah, it the yeah, typical things yeah, with yeah. brothers brothers fighting. yeah yeah yeah. I, mine was a little different. Interestingly, uh, again because of the age gap, but a different result. You know, and and with my sister being a sister not a brother I think is a little different but she was so much younger than me I felt like an only child you know I was almost yeah. seven when she was born and um you know and that was a little bit of a struggle at first when she was a baby it's like you know she, she came in and messed up my my routine but but you know and, and there you know when she was younger there was um some of that you know she was an annoyance you know maybe yes. kind of thing as a, as a kid but then unfortunately what happened is she got older and I got a little older there's enough gap you know, we didn't interact very much. You know, yeah. you know, I had my own things. I was out of the house a lot. You know, I was I was busy and and you know, she just she was kind of a reclusive person when she was younger. You know, kind of kind of growing up into elementary age and you know, mm-hmm. kind of did her own thing in her room and and so we just didn't have a whole lot of interactions and and that again has impacted you know the the level of closeness we felt right. coming into adulthood and so um, you know so I know for me. You know, as I watch my children and as I've watched my life, I, I recognize how important it is for our kids to have a close and, and developed relationship with each other. And so today we want to just talk a little bit for with parents about, you know, some ways to maybe help foster that for the kids in our household. You know, so Randall, um, a lot of our ideas today actually come from this great little book that we read uh, as a family in our family devotion time a few years ago called Making Brothers and Sisters Best Friends. Uh, and it's actually written by a trio of siblings, two sisters and a brother. And they were actually pretty young. The oldest was in her 20s, but the youngest was uh, was a young teenager when they wrote this book together. Mm-hmm. Their, their names are uh, Gra- Sarah, Stephen, and Grace Malley. And 
And as we read through it, it, it was fun. It was, it was well-written. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you got different perspectives of, of voices and ages there, um, but really hit home with our kids. Really, we saw a lot of our life in their life and uh, gave some really good practical tools. And so, uh, so yeah, so, so some neat content there. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we go through the episode. Yeah. So, so, so I, I would venture to say for most people, when you, when you talk about best friends, Siblings aren't necessarily the first thing that comes to mind. No. So why, so why are we talking about siblings and being best friends, and and why yeah. is that such a unique? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we could. You would maybe think, you know, some good titles would be how to help brothers and sisters not kill each other. Yeah. Uh, how to help brothers and sisters tolerate each other. Yes. Uh, how to help be brothers and sisters be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those kind of things. Uh, <laughs> um, but really, you know, as you think about it. Um, you know, your family, especially as you grow into adulthood and, and on and into life, uh, your family typically is going to be the people who stick out life with you that yeah. uh, are going to be your consistent connections and relationships throughout life. You know, friends come and go and life changes, um, but your family's over there, always there for, mm -hmm. for better or for worse. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, we, we want to uh, think about that long game as we are raising our kids. But I think also, um, you know, and we'll talk more about this in a minute too, but there's just this this perspective in our world and our culture today that um, that is uh, almost anti-family. It's, you know, it's, uh, you know, pursue your life and what's best for you and go far and dream yeah. big. And, and, and those things are good, but a lot of times... Uh, it's to the cost of the most important relationships in your life as your yeah. family. And so, so we just want to help have a different perspective, I think, of what's possible. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, even back to what you're talking about when you're talking about how, you know, we, we only have our one family and how, you know, they're the ones that we stay close with, you know, spend the most amount of time with. I've found as I've gotten older, um, family members, specifically those close mm -hmm. family members, are the ones that, you know, you have the most shared experiences with. And so when we talk about, you know, our childhood and things like that, there are very few other people that can relate to the thing, those, those things besides, you know, your, your brothers yeah. and sisters and your immediate family. And to me, as I've gotten older, that's become even more important. Yeah. So, yeah. so, um, what are some of the ways that we can accomplish this as we talk about trying to build those relationships Right. And, and again, a lot of this, uh, the, the Mali siblings do a really good job of pointing out some real good ways to do this. But, I, you know, they start out talking. And I think, like I said, you know, it starts with challenging an attitude, uh, recognizing that that it is OK. It is um, possible. And maybe even it's best if we form our tightest, closest relationships with those in our immediate family, uh, that 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 is a that is a reasonable thing. You know, I, I think. In our culture, if you look sociologically, you know, you go back a hundred years or so, uh, and everywhere beyond that, up to that point, your family was the biggest influencer in who you are, what you believed, you know, what, um, you know, what your occupation was. I mean, all of those things came from your family because we were so family centric. You know, we uh, we worked the farm together, we right. uh, we did life together, we we made the meals together, we cleaned the house together. Everything was a togetherness. And as we've moved through the last hundred years or so, um, and you know, the industrial revolution, I think, had a lot to do with this. That. Uh, suddenly, you know, we didn't need as much help at home. Suddenly we had modern conveniences. Suddenly everybody was working out of the home and our kids start going off to public school. And, and suddenly we start thinking, well, well, these people are the most significant people in our life. And, and you know, they've done research today 
young people, particularly teenagers, their friends, their peers, not their parents, not their teachers, but their peers are the biggest influencers mm-hmm. of their worldview, um, of their profession, uh, of their of their identity, of their well-being, and all of that is wrapped up in friend groups. And that's not always healthy. Right. And, and so I think we, it doesn't have to be that way. And so I, I don't think we uh, should just always tolerate our family, that we should look to them yeah. Uh, to be those healthy, significant things, and so some ways we can do that is you know some cre- you know as parents helping our kids do this is create some shared experiences, like you said that that history of um, of life together is going to be such an indicator of who we stay close to throughout life. I, I remember very clearly my wife and I talking about this when we were still dating and we were going to college. Is we found it really interesting when we went away to college that the people we just gravitated towards and became closest friends with. Or people who came from similar backgrounds, you know, small mm-hmm. town, um, you know, types of family, you know, all of yeah. that. And it was just interesting that, you know, we, we, whether we like it or not, we tend to gravitate towards people who are more or less have some similar background or shared yeah. experience. And so as we do that for our kids, uh, we're going to help them uh, create that bond. And so, you know, we, we have planned family times that are mandatory at our house. And, and we, you know, sometimes we do it, it's just like, recreation you know or like watch a movie but but we also try to have really intentional times where we do stuff whether we do work together as a family mm-hmm. um, we do things that force us to interact together as a family we have family devotion together you know we have we have these mandatory times where the family comes together yeah. and they're forced to have a shared experience yeah, other, yeah yeah whether you like it or not is what we're doing <laughs> so um, and then I think maybe one of the biggest things we do uh, is model that type of friendship in our marriages mm-hmm. we model that type of friendship in our family relationships and help help our children see what's possible yeah um is, is another really good way yeah well there's a we know that especially as we mentioned whenever you're in such close contact and and you know there's just so many other factors that that are involved when you're talking about siblings and, and you know mm-hmm. close people close to that um so what are some of the barriers to watch out for and things that that maybe make it a little bit difficult to navigate this yeah you know I, we already mentioned one i think it's false concepts that we uh, don't expect for our our siblings to be our closest yeah. friends and i think we that's a barrier uh, another is the high expectation low expectation um graph that happens in our households yeah. because we tend to with our family let down our guard and um and and not filter our emotions or reactions as well and so with that yeah. we have a lower expectation on ourselves and our families but at the same time <laughs> we often have a higher expectation yeah. of, of our families and we have a greater feeling of injustice when they uh you know take our hairbrush or you know get yeah. mud on our shoes that they borrowed or you know or whatever like like yeah. things we might overlook <clears throat> With friends or handle differently with family, it's like, you know, we go to 11 immediately yeah. on our reaction. And so so that's that's a barrier that we have sure. to kind of notice. And then busyness, our culture, we're just so busy. You know, uh, I know I shared with you when we came in today to get ready to film, you know, uh, you know, my family, you know, this is so often I got two kids here and two kids there and two yeah. kids here and and uh, and just getting everybody together. Uh, is harder and harder in our culture and as they get older it's harder and harder yeah and um and then bitterness mm. uh you know so some of those are just logistic things i talked about before but but the emotional things um are the hardest to detect and maybe the hardest to deal with and and, and i'd like for you maybe you'd share a little bit i know you said you had some struggles in, yeah. in your family for various reasons so what are some of the ways that you maybe dealt with that yeah you know there there was a couple of things that I experienced, you know, personally with 
like with my brother and I, for one, um, especially in maybe a household that sometimes isn't as overall healthy as, as you would mm-hmm. want, uh, want it to be growing up, you know, there, there tended to be this competition and, and I think that that's the case no matter what in any family setting when you have more than one child. I mean, there's yeah. there's going to be those times where there's, you know, competition for attention or competition for, you know, just all of these things. But but even for us, that I think that was magnified a little bit just in the settings we were in. And then, you know, as I mentioned, just trying to figure out um, both with the age difference and then again just with a kind of a different dynamic where where I, I felt a responsibility to look out for him. But there were times that, you know, maybe I had to do that in, in ways that were unique to our situation. But but then as we got older, I still felt that that responsibility to look out for him um, as he began to get older in a way. And, you know, I handled that in ways where I was more overbearing and tried to be more parental than, you know, uh, an example or as a as more of a brotherly type of relationship and so that really strained our relationship for a long time um and so you know it it there there came a point where for us it really didn't matter what i said um it was going to be either taken out of context or you know it was going to be taken as though i'm you know putting my elevating my status and trying to tell you what you should or shouldn't do with your life and so it really took a long time for us to kind of get past that and I really had to had to kind of step back and go okay my role is not this now my role is to be a brother and my role is to you know build a relationship and a friendship and um, we've really gotten I feel like we've really gotten to it, unfortunately it took to the time we were adults for yeah. the most part but um, you know, I feel like we've really gotten to a place where now, you know, we can, I can give him advice or I can, you know, we can have those conversations and it's more of a brother relationship and we've yeah. grown, you know, I feel like we've grown a lot closer, but it, it's been a struggle, you yeah. know, and there, there's a lot of variables and factors. So, there. so for parents who are, you know, trying to help their kids with this, cause no matter what the scenario, I think yeah. there's always competition between siblings. Absolutely. So, so do you have any advice for parents for how to maybe handle that or how to, uh, to yeah. notice that that's happening? A little bit of, you know, I think the first thing is just to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, you know, I know <laughs> for parents, I'm sure that when you've got kids that are there's constant fighting and there's a lot of things going on. It's easy to get wrapped up in just the circumstances mm-hmm. and not look a little deeper into maybe what the cause of those circumstances oh, are. And, you know, kids are always going to fight. Siblings yeah. are always going to fight. That's going to happen. But um, but there's times where maybe there's a deeper issue. Uh, right. Maybe there maybe there's issues where, you know, it, it is a cry for some attention. Maybe there's something deeper going on there with some, you know, whether that's self-esteem issues or whether that's just you know, maybe needing parents to, to tune, hone in on some, some other things that maybe need to be addressed there. But, but just to be aware of that. And, and when, when there's a lot of those, that turmoil going on, um, beyond what should be normal, um, to, to maybe take a step back and instead of just trying to address the immediate situation, start asking some questions and figuring out maybe what what may else other things may be going on you know that that reminds me one thing we talk about a lot is we don't want to just manage behavior we want to monitor hearts and i think that's a lot of what you just said there you know we sometimes when when things are 
are intense. You, we just want to stop the bad, you know. Yeah. And it's kind of like the the classic driving down the road, and you just hit whoever's back there because you can reach them. <laughs> stop it, you know. Yeah. And um, you know, you got to de-escalate the situation. But what something we often do is, you know, we, we try to to separate if there's a conflict. We try to separate, give some time to cool off. But then we we schedule time to sit down with each kid and just you know kind of probe you know rather than just coming in and saying you did this wrong and here's the consequence you know probe like yeah how are you doing what's you know what's going on you know asking questions to probe what's going on in the heart to figure out that yeah that thing and and one other thing i would i would add to that even um and again just kind of from from the personal experience when you have siblings that are significant age difference Mm -hmm. um you know sometimes sometimes i know their role becomes a little bit of helping to watch and take care of and and lead and and do those things um but there there's also a balance of that of one helping those older kids to understand what their role is and that you know you're you don't become the replacement for the parent and the way that you lead and and do these things should look different than than the way you as a parent handle handle those things um because you know like i said that was a that was a pivotal thing that that really result in a lot of our struggle uh, is just t- trying to understand and navigate uh, older siblings can be such a valuable tool and resource for parents um you know both just to have as additional help around the home i know you guys have yep. have utilized that oh, a yes. ton yes. um and and can be such a great opportunity for you know the younger to to learn from the older and um, build actually have a stronger relationship as a result of that if it's approached the right way yeah i agree and then you know another thing that we're really aware in that whole scenario is is just the the value of forgiveness and quickly trying to reconcile situations yeah. and um and we're always trying to help lay that foundation for our kids of of don't let things linger because you don't want to wait till you're an adult to deal with this and it's become this big festering wound you know one thing i watch with people's emotions if you don't deal with something now it's going to come out later, but but it's going to be masked because you don't realize what it's really about, and yeah. it takes more effort to get to the bottom of that. Absolutely. So let's take care of that now. And um, and we've really tried to model rather than just the uh, kind of the traditional obligatory like say you're sorry, yeah. you know, to to use the language of how are you going to own your part in this. I really like what you said about when what really was a shift in your relationship was when you stepped back and owned. The fact that maybe you were being a little overbearing, yeah. you know, that started the process of healing, and, and that's what we want our kids to do. So, so what's your part in this, and how are you going to own that, yeah. and, and what's it going to take to fix that, and cause them to evaluate themselves first mm-hmm. rather than evaluating with the other person? That almost always leads to to the the apology and the yeah, forgiveness that absolutely. needs to happen there. So absolutely, and and we know it's it's not easy no there's there it's really not a simple black and white of hey if you follow these steps this is going to work exactly the way that you hope it is not for wimps man raising kids is not for wimps raising teenagers is not for wimps. raising young adults is not for wimps it is it's not it's not easy and uh, you know we at our house still every day there's some sort of fight there's some sort of conflict some people are triangling and trying to get somebody voted off the island i mean i mean like this happens every day the worst this is bizarre, but the worst time of our day is when we all have to get in the car and go somewhere. Like oh, if we have to yeah. all get in the car, we have assigned seats, you know, so there's, yes. there's eight of us that have to get into a vehicle, you know? And yeah. so, uh, so, so there's gotta be a rhythm and a system here yes. and we've established it. Like we, like, this is your seat and this is your, 
doesn't matter. Everyone's <laughs> always trying to sit in some other seat, and then they refuse to get out. And like you know, next thing you know, like like bloody lips. And I mean, yeah. I mean, it gets ugly. And we're like, just follow the system, man. Yeah, and that's that's what's that's what's amazing is some things don't they they never change because I mean that was one of the biggest sources of fights when I when we were kids was like, who gets to sit in the front seat? Yeah, or or my dad had a truck that had a bench seat, and it was yep. like. Who got to sit by the window? Yeah, you know, because oh, you don't want to yeah. sit because it was a stick shift. You know, yeah. you don't want to be the the one that sits in the middle. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, that was that was like war every yeah. single time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The other day, it was we were in the car, and actually, we were already in transit, but they were still arguing about what seat they're in. And, and, <laughs> And, and next thing you know, someone's crying and then someone else is crying. I'm like, what happened? It's like, she hit me. And she's like, well, she called me a name. And I'm like, well, you can't, you can't hit just because she called you a name. But she called me a name. Anyway, so it, anyway, so we have, we have not perfected this. And, yes. and, and I don't think you I, ever will. Just for a moment of brevity, I'm going to put you on the spot. Though, okay. Because yeah. what, what's the, what is the most absurd or ridiculous thing you can think of that you've seen like a major like fight meltdown in your household over? Oh, Oh wow, that is on the spot. Uh, there's a lot, um, you know. I mean, we we've had literally the she's breathing my air moments. <laughs> like like she's too close and she's breathed too much of my air. I mean, like like that has happened. Um, yeah, and yeah, I'd say our our worst fights are always about things that we've already already established. Another yeah. one is like um, so our girls share a room. Yeah, and they have they have their beds like they have. The bed that they sleep in. They fight almost every night about what bed they're going to sleep in. I'm like, <laughs> sleep in your bed. This is an easy solution. <laughs> but what about this? And I'm not close enough to the fan. And I mean, I mean, is it... no, yeah. just do what you're supposed to do. Uh, that's, that just baffles me. But, but, you know, so for us, you know, we have to remind ourselves often, yeah. um, you know, hey, this is, this is a, this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. Hey, this is a long game. Um, you know, we, we want to foster healthy relationships and it just takes work and, and remind ourselves, you know, of, of how to offer grace, how to seek forgiveness. And then we got to remind our kids of the same thing. And so we just keep reinforcing these truths, um, through thick and thin. We, we, you know, consistency, I think is so important. Yeah. And we've talked about this, you know, family devotions is a really good example. We've talked about that a lot. Like we've, we set a time and, and we don't hit it every day, but we try to hit it, you know, you know, 75% of the time anyway, that we sit yeah. down together and we read the Bible and we pray together. And there's days where, um, I can't get people to sit down and focus. And there's days where, um, they just want to give quick Sunday school answers. And then there's days where we have deep discussions about real heart issues, but we do it every day, yeah. no matter which kind of day we're having. And, and that's what, what we got to do in this as well. It's like, we just want to consistently foster that relationship good days, bad days, in different yeah. days. We just got to keep doing the same thing. Yeah. And, and you know, the things you're talking about, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it takes a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot yes, of patience. Yes, um, it does. So, so now that you're, you know, you've got a, a couple of adult yeah. children yeah. now in your household, is it worth it? Oh, absolutely. You know, and again, there's, there's days where <laughs> it's not going well, in every one of these scenarios, but we have watched over the last, particularly three, four, five years, um, our kids really form uh, good, healthy friendships. And you know, my oldest two, you know, they're twenty and eighteen, but I'd say starting, you know, when they were about seventeen and um, fifteen, 
they started doing more things together. They started initiating mm-hmm. with each other. They started, um, you know, trying to make sure the other one was included. And you know, they they're they're tight. They're they're close. Yeah. And uh, there's times where they yell and scream and at each other. But but at the end of the day, they love each other and they prefer each other's company over a lot of other people. You yeah. know, and I've watched my younger kids. Um, you know, do do a good job. Hannah, my third oldest, she's really good about drawing people into what she's doing. And so mm-hmm. she'll, and, and she's good about sharing that. Like, so she'll yeah. take Isaac and, hey, let's do this together, Isaac. And then she'll take the little girls and say, hey, you know, Ruthie, Josie, let's, let, let's come and do this art project together. Or let's go, you know, yeah. do this, this thing outside and play a game. And so, so them taking that initiative to keep fostering those moments together yeah. is, I mean, it's just such a win. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one of the one of the things that I've seen over and over, um, both in my situation and just countless other people and families that I've known is when that's fostered from the beginning, yeah. um, th- there may even be times where where there's this separation or people go and do their own things or there's, you know, there's struggle and strife and yeah. things. But but if that foundation's there so many times, um, as as we get older and as we mature and and the, we come back to those things yes. and so so you know even I think that's encouragement sometimes when it feels like maybe it's not going the way that you hope yeah. or or that you maybe feel like you failed in that um, to to be consistent and and keep on keep on doing those things because. Um, sometimes, you know, there, there may be that period of where, where it just feels like nothing's working, but, but so often if there's a strong foundation there, you know, yeah, the, I mean, that, it, you know, it reminds me, and this is the Mark paraphrase, but you know, the proverb that says, uh, you know, you train your children up in the right way, in the godly way and truth, and they will not depart from it when they're older. That's not a formula. Like we said, yeah. you know, there's outliers to that. Um, but I think it's a principle that if we yeah. build that foundation, there's a great likelihood that even if they wander for a while, yeah. that they'll end up back on that foundation and know yeah. that that's what's important. Absolutely. So, yeah. so as we wrap up today, our two takeaways are, um, first is to check out the Making Brothers and Sisters Best Friend uh, book and consider reading it with your family. Good and book. what was the name of the authors on that? Uh, it's Sarah, Stephen, and Grace Malley. And we'll put a link in our notes. And, and like I said, at the end of every chapter, I mean, they've got like, they've got quizzes, uh, um, you know, to evaluate your relationships and they've got, you know, exercises for you to do together. And it's, it's really good. Yeah. Awesome. And then number two is just to join us in two weeks as we, uh, do our next podcast and we talk about making moments, yeah. which will be fun. Yeah. So, all right. Be, be abnormal. abnormal.